Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the 90s, in the late 90s, to be exact, there was a public health worker named Stephen Lubby from Nebraska who bought a one-way ticket to uh, Karachi in Pakistan. And at the time, Karachi was one of the most populated cities in the world. However... Over 60% of Karachi's population lived in, like, slums and very densely populated neighborhoods. And that, unfortunately, contributed to a lot of disease, um, whether it was because there was, like, no waste removal system or dust, trash, um, certain parasites, etc. And so... Those unsanitary conditions led to a widespread spread of disease. And Lubby and his team realized that in addition to the fact that there was this maybe unfavorable environment in, in certain areas, um, a big con- contribution or contributing factor to why disease was spreading so fast was hand washing or lack thereof or not really having this a habit of hand washing. And it's not because people didn't know that they shouldn't be washing their hands. It was actually because they didn't really have an enjoyable experience washing their hands and therefore were not making a habit out of doing so, right? So it was not because, oh, I don't know that I don't need to wash my hands. It's like, I know that I it's important. I know that I need to do it, but there was this lack of consistency in doing it. And there are certain factors that contribute contribute to having a lack of consistency of doing something, right? So whether that be hand washing or whether that be showing up on social media or going to the gym or whatever, like there is a reason why you may not be consistent with something, right? This isn't about how to make something consistent necessarily. Um, I'm not talking about making habits on this podcast. Um, But rather, the interesting part was how Lubby and his team solved the consistency issue. They They partnered up with Procter & Gamble to supply this slum you know, squatter settlement area of Karachi, Pakistan with Safeguard soap. And compared to the standard bar of soap, Safeguard provided a more enjoyable experience. He even 
created focus groups where participants said that they really enjoyed the lather and the more sort of luxurious experience of washing with Safeguard, which was considered a luxury soap in that area in the late 90s, um, as opposed to a regular bar of soap. And that is why there are so many brands under each vertical. Because you will ultimately purchase from the brand from which you had a positive experience. Same thing with service providers. Same thing with hiring people. Same thing with the friends you make, the people you date, the apartments you choose to live in, the real estate agent you hire to buy your house, et cetera, et cetera. It's all based on experience. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize, especially in the creative industry where you have such a concentration of highly talented individuals. And same thing in, in verticals where you have, let's say, brands that are like really high performing brands in the same vertical. The quality of the product, the quality of talent no longer matters because it's all everybody's kind of on the same level. So the way that you can distinguish which one you will gravitate towards is based on the experience that you have with that brand or with that person that you want to hire, or befriend or what have you. Um and I read I read about uh Stephen Lubby and his team going to Pakistan actually in Atomic Habits. I thought it was a very interesting tale. And I recognize that James Clear was actually relating that back to habits and how, you know, something that's more enjoyable will provide um, a larger incentive for you to continue doing something that you don't necessarily enjoy. In this particular case, it was hand washing, right? Washing with a more luxurious soap is going to make, make it more of an experience that you'll come back to doing and be excited to actually do, right? So, that is also something that we marketers use in order to get people to buy certain things. That's why you have soaps with certain keywords like, you know, maybe some sort of luxury ingredients that are in the formula or um, getting that perfect lather on something and then showcasing that in a commercial. All of that subconsciously translates into certain types of experiences that you will have doing something that you have to do, but you may not enjoy. Um, and it was just a very interesting thing for me to read about because the thing that I immediately thought of also was something like toothpaste right or or soap really any kind of like fucking boring ass product which by the way there is an episode on this podcast um it's episode 112 with the co-founder of twice the yellow toothpaste company um highly recommend listening to it it is one of the top um episodes on this podcast um but toothpaste is kind of the same story, right? We all have to brush our teeth twice. And yeah, you know, Crest is fine. Colgate's fine. Your dentist is going to recommend it, blah, blah, blah. But just your average toothpaste, like it doesn't like really make that experience much more enjoyable. So how do you make it more enjoyable? You add some some like really innovative ingredients to it. Maybe you say, oh, this is now like a toothpaste and it has like mouthwash strips or you make it lather a lot more, or you 
you know, change the game entirely and you go for branding and you focus your attention on that, where you will actually be more incentivized to reach for a yellow uh, tube of toothpaste than maybe you would for like the average Colgate or Crest. Um, and even to add on top of that, you know, what if the flavor was more interesting as opposed to like spearmint or peppermint? What if it was lavender vanilla, which is actually one of the twice flavors? I feel like this is an ad for twice and it's not. <laughs> it's truly like one of my favorite toothpaste brands ever since I discovered it. Um, but there are certain things that contribute subconsciously to why you reach for something and and why you keep rebuying it. And almost never is it that the quality of the product is good. It's, oh, I'm going to buy a Tesla because that's going to make me look cooler. It's going to make me look trendy. It's going to make me look like I have status. It's going to make me look like I'm in the know of technology. Nowhere in there is it. Tesla is a great car to drive and it's like safer than every other one. Because that's not how the car is sold. That's not how it's marketed. That's not how it's perceived by consumers. Same thing with like, to continue the technology trend, same thing with Apple versus PC, right? Granted, everybody buys things differently. So it also depends on like who you talk to. Um, If you talk to a gamer, like they're more likely to talk about a PC, I'm assuming, from what I've gathered. I don't game. But Apple does carry with it a certain status. So, for example, if you're in the creative community, which I am, um, you're more likely to see Macs than you are to see PCs, Um, especially amongst art directors like myself, graphic designers, um, copywriters. There's less of a pressure to have a certain machine. Um, But with you know, kind of the artsy kids, like you're probably going to associate an, an a Mac or, you know, a, a, an Apple device with a creative um, or an art director, a creative director or somebody of that nature, um, just because there is a certain status associated with that, whether or not that product is actually better. Um, same thing with, you know, getting your furniture from restoration hardware versus Ikea. There's a difference in perception. And that's ultimately what drives people. It's not really about, oh, the product of restoration hardware is better, better manufactured or it looks better. It's more so about um, when people come over, this is what they will think when they see that and when I tell them that it's from restoration hardware. It just provides a completely different perception. Um And as people, we care about that very much. It's what allows us to fit into certain groups. It's what allows us to feel like we belong. It's what allows us to then ultimately make habits, right? Like if you uh, buy yourself a really comfortable reading chair that you really enjoy sitting in, chances are you're going to be more likely to spend time reading in that chair than if you bought something that you didn't like. Maybe that might be the difference between you actually reading versus not. Even though we don't really think about those things, we think, oh, well, I'm just going to push myself. I'm going to read. Like there's other things in our environment that kind of affect um, whether or not we will do something 
depending on how much we like the environment that we have built around that task or that habit or whatever. Um, again, this isn't really about habits. It's more so about marketing and how that contributes to like the lifestyle that you lead. And, and I guess ultimately the habits that you make, but marketers are very hyper aware, even though most of us are not taught how to, um, how to read human behavior and like consumer psychology and all of that. Personally, I learned that and am am always continuing to do so on my own. Um, it was never something that I was taught in, in any courses or classes I was in. Um, but the knowledge of human behavior and those kinds of, of small nuggets of like, you know, the, the way we value perception and, and, um, creating an environment around us that will then ultimately want us to, to do certain things or be certain types of people. Um, that also contributes to the way that certain things are marketed to you. Um, and it determines how brands talk to their target audience in order to get them to feel like, well, with our product, you will become the person that you want to become, or you will achieve that thing that you want to achieve. Um, whether or not our products actually qualified to help you with that, we can at least make you look a certain way, right? Or be perceived a certain way. So anyways, it's just very interesting, but, um, I've been, when I read Atomic Habits, oh my gosh, I've I've read this book like three times now. Every single time I find like, so many connections to marketing within this and like business building and brand building because those things are so much aligned to how we to like our psychology and ultimately that's like what the best marketing is is the one that actually takes into account human behavior and consumer psychology and how we as people um, lead our lives and how we behave the marketing that takes that into account is always brilliant marketing if it doesn't take it into account you can I don't know I don't ac actually that's a good question for anybody listening as a consumer if you can tell but as a marketer I can definitely tell when somebody did not take into account <laughs> consumer psychology so anyways if you are a marketer listening to this, I highly recommend reading Atomic Habits because you'll definitely find so much overlap between brand building, consumer psychology, and habit forming and how marketing does speak so much to those things, um, even though seemingly that they may be unrelated. So to go back to the Pakistan example with the safeguard soap, when they switched to the safeguard soap and realized that it provides a more positive, like sensory experience, basically making people want to do that behavior, right? Um, they saw a rapid shift in the health of children, specifically in that neighborhood. So the rate of diarrhea fell by 52%, pneumonia by 48%, and impedigo, some sort of bacterial skin infection, by 35%. And then... Lubby said that when they came back to Karachi six years later, over 95% of households that had been given the soap for free, the safeguard soap, and encouraged to wash their hands, had a hand washing station with soap and water available. So essentially, because of that very positive experience that it provided and, and the genius of the Procter and Gamble team, the marketing team to create that very positive hand washing experience, it actually ended up converting and lowering the disease. So just something to think about, you know.
Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.